From Colorado State University, I'm Kevin Payne. This is Schooling in the United States. Today, I'm joined once again by Cade Warner. Good evening. And Lauren San Augustine. Hello. In addition, we're also joined by fellow teacher in training, Sydney Fixner. Hey, you said way old up. It's Fixmer. Fixmer. Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. At the beginning of the semester, we each individually answered our four course objective umbrella questions. One, what was, is, and should be the purpose of schooling in the United States? Uh, number two, what is our role as a future teacher in fulfilling that purpose? Number three, how can schooling continue the existing order? Number four, how can schooling transform the existing order? As the semester comes to an end and after completing the EDU 275 course, we're revisiting our responses from the beginning and reflecting on how they might have changed now knowing what we know. I'll be the first to admit that this class definitely made me question my original responses. At the beginning of the semester, I said the purpose of schooling in the United States used to be ensure students were academically successful, that students had the ability to learn how to read, write, learn the basic structure of our government, and how to do basic math. If we had to grade our current education system, I don't think anybody in this room would be able to give it an A+. I think schools today are too focused on spoon-feeding students a select and limited amount of information and abilities and expecting them to regurgitate it back to them during standardized tests. And, you know, if it's not on the standardized test, it's not going to be taught in the classroom, which I think is a terrible mentality to have as an educator, because I think it's very important that you do have different curriculum that's based from that, that's based around different perspectives. At the very beginning of the semester, we saw the documentary, It's Elementary, um, during the documentary, we saw, you know, these elementary students having conversations about, you know, what it meant to be gay or, you know, the se sexual orientation, you know, these sort of, quote, controversial topics that, you know, some people believe shouldn't be taught in, in the classroom. But seeing these students, um, you know, learn about it, have, you know, these actually meaningful conversations about it and being taught to differentiate stereotype from facts was pretty powerful, which again reiterated to me that the purpose of schooling in the United States is far greater than just learning how to read, write, do math. It, it teaches you how to be a successful citizen, how to be an active member in the community. It helps students break down, and, and society in general, it helps, you know, break down these boundaries that we have, uh, these biases that we have. And, and so it's a pretty powerful tool, um, and it's definitely helped me change the way I think. Now that the semester is coming to an end, did anybody else, you know? Yeah, similarly, I definitely thought that the most important purpose of schooling was for every student to gain knowledge that, you know, that'll give them a head start in college, in their future careers. But I remember that I specifically mentioned this idea of equal opportunity. For each student but I think I meant it in more of a way that like every student has the same amount of access to classes like help outside of the classroom like it was all based around education and now that I know more and the semester is coming to a close I still think that equal opportunity is one of the main purposes of schooling but more of the sense that every student has equal opportunity regardless of who they are regardless of race gender religion sexuality socioeconomic status, because every student deserves the right to an equal and proper education. I think it's very important to know with that, 
as we learned, the education in the United States is there's a lot of disparities, whether that's through funding, location, resources, quality of educators, etc. And so it's just in the United States right now, education is supposed to be equal for everybody. That's not the case. So I think as educators, we have to strive to make our classrooms and our schools equitable. Right. So, because yes, it, it, it is important for students to be able to, you know, have access to, to these resources, but like we learned through shadow education, for instance, you know, some students have access to like SAT prep and all of, all of these other, you know, tutoring. valuable resources. Yes, tutoring yeah. because of, you know, their parents' socioeconomic status. Right. And so, yes, all students have an equal opportunity to take these classes, but not every student is able to afford these, you know, optional resources. Just wanted to mention that. Kate, do you, you, I, you yeah, look like you're trying to yeah, say something? Yeah, well, I think it's important, though, going back to not just focusing on strictly education and more developing of the person and the human. I think with today, schools are doing a much better job than when I was in school with fulfilling that. And going back to the equal opportunity, it's definitely important that everybody has a fair shake regardless of, the, you know the demographic that they're in and their parents uh, economic status and whatnot and um, that's definitely something that will change overnight but tr it will hopefully start to uh, evolve with the new teachers coming in and the new the new stats that we're that we're seeing definitely I, I like that How, can you can you say that again the developing the human rather than just seeing a student yeah um, I think if we develop a human, they're obviously going to leave school better as far as like just general life skills, which I think is something that uh, that I didn't see very much. It was strictly content based, but uh, they'll you know hopefully make better decisions when they leave. They'll be informed of uh, world topics and hopefully just overall be happier with their schooling. Uh, Sydney, do. You I see you wanting to, to say something over there. Yeah, so for me, I also thought that the main purpose of schooling and teaching um, was for them to learn to read, write, and do math, and specifically with elementary school kids to just make friends and behave well in society. Um, and then after taking this class, I kind of realized that elementary school kids, we kind of take them for granted or the amount of knowledge that they soak in and the biases they learn at a young age and that a purpose of elementary schooling should be to teach them things about race and gender and sexual orientation and that not only are they capable of understanding these topics but they're also like they should be learning these topics and it's important for our society that they start learning these at a young age and that's something that my mind really or my perception really changed on um, because I used to think they just weren't capable of learning topics like that. I was in the exact same boat, but after seeing the it's elementary documentary, seeing the way these students were able to once again have that conversation and be mature about it, again, I don't think we give them enough credit in terms of what they're capable of learning. As you said, yes, they do learn, you know, these these biases, these stereotypes at a very young age, and I think it's very important that as educators we sort of nip that as, as early as possible and help them right. 
give them the, the skills and, and knowledge necessary to help them differ- differentiate stereotype from facts. I agree. It was very impressive to see uh, ch- like the kids at that age being able to grasp the concept and you know go with it. I thought that was pretty cool. But it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be all in the same thing. It can just be bits and pieces, uh, you know, as they continue to grow up. So. So something I've always said, even before taking this course, is the first step to change is acknowledging that there is an issue. I think that works perfectly in this sense. Um, a couple things that stand out to me that are issues are the misrepresented misrepresentation in curriculum and the lack of consistent opportunities for students. Um, a statistic I want to talk about a little bit that I pulled from All Indians Are Dead is that 87% of references to American Indians in all 50 states' academic standards portray them in a pre-1900 context. And to me, that's... Wow. That, yeah, the statistic is crazy. And it goes farther past just Indians. Many groups are oppressed. I think a lot of minority groups, um, they have been oppressed. I think if you look you know, at our, at our history, history has always been written in the perspective of like dead old white guys and going off of like the oppressed part if we look at native americans for instance i mean the atrocities that that occurred during like the boarding schools the way these children were separated from their families put into these boarding schools prevented from speaking their native language from you know practicing their religion dressing like the way they want to dress traditionally I, I think that's absolutely bizarre that our education system would allow that to happen. With Native Americans, only a select few of, of states actually have Native American history incorporated into their curriculum, and it, it's not widely incorporated, mainly because um, within our education system, we have the sort of mentality of, if we don't have students that represent as you know XYZ, there's no need to teach it. In addition to that, it's also, if it's not going to be on the standardized test, it doesn't have to be taught. Yeah, uh, kind of springboarding off of that, too, uh, like what you were saying with the boarding schools. I mean, I personally, I didn't, I very rarely heard anything about Native American schooling. And, uh, but on top of that, too, going back to the Dakota 38 thing, that documentary film, I thought that was pretty crazy, too, because that was a huge historical event that I had never heard of until watching the video. You, you don't hear about it until a movement is developed and, and the, a documentary is made. And I think that's sad that, we, that, that that big historical event isn't told in, test, in textbooks and in schools. I wasn't very familiar about the topic either. Yeah. So it was kind of a big shock for me as well. I think something that's funny, and it's not actually funny, it's like ironically funny, is my high school was, I went to Shine Mountain High School and we were the Indians, and I n- never learned about anything. I mean, I got pieces of Trail of Tears and the Indian Wars, but I never you know, learned about the important parts of history that weren't taught from the old dead white man. So. The benefits of being the oppressor, you get to manipulate and control right. the type of information, choose. yes, yeah, of type of information that's, that's able to, to be passed along. So within our classrooms, we don't have enough teachers of color. It's a big moral booster for students to see people that like, wow, they, they look like me. Like I have the ability to you know, 
go to college, get an education. Yeah, exactly. It's, well. it's like a role model too. Is you see somebody that's there, they did it. Oh, I want to be like them when I grow up. You know, I can if they can do it, I can do it. It kind of goes into that whole thing too. Well, and it's important for those students to identify with somebody and be able to not feel like they're being erased from history and that their culture is important to American history and not just like African history, Mexican history, like however you want to put it, but important to American history and their culture, their heritage, their people. They should be represented and they are important to American history and they shouldn't be erased from it. I mean, going farther past just education systems, you know, America is supposed to be this big melting pot, but we just teach white, I mean, not even just history, white literature. Yeah. Shakespeareth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. literature. It's definitely more than just the curriculum that's continuing the existing order currently in our school systems. Um, there's a lot more going on than just that. And one of the articles that I read was Why School Integration Matters. And um, they talk about how American society is constantly getting more racially and ethnically diverse, diverse, yet the schools are going in the opposite direction, becoming more and more segregated. Yeah, our, our, our schools are more segregated now than they were before Brown v. Board. So that's... That's startling. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, I mean, kind of It kind of goes into the public, too. Like, you see all these problems now with, uh, with race and identity, and I think that starts from it not being very well represented in the schooling system you know it's like it's a big problem outside of schools in the in everyday life and it starts in the schools I think it's just not talked about often enough so then people carry it on into the rest of their lives and that's where a lot of these problems stem from is because teachers don't want to have the hard the difficult conversation that they need to have I think that it's important not only just to get awareness but also that if they're not getting the support system from home is a big thing. Um, you know, you never know what students' home life could be. You never know what their relationship with the parents are. So I think it's important to at least bring it out a little bit in school just so that they're aware of the importance of it. Going off of that, I think a lot of teachers probably assume that, you know, I'm sure parents are, t are talking about this at home, but a lot of students don't have that either a close relationship with their parents, they don't have their parents around. Um, so I think it's important to say to the people that, to colleagues or outsiders that say, we shouldn't talk about this in schools, is it's important for teachers to be that role model because students might not have any other type of role model for it to be talked about. And going off that too, I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there that just don't believe these topics need to be talked about. They're not educated about these topics and they, just like how many of us came into this class not knowing some of the misrepresentations misrepre in education and the unfair treatment or the treating students equally instead of with an equity standpoint, um, like a lot of parents have that viewpoint too because they're not educated on it. And so if it's not teachers' jobs to do it, then who's going to? And who's going to push this forward and so our society can become better? So far we've talked about how there's more than just one issue that's plaguing our education system, that's preventing it from reaching its full potential, its full purpose. Um, we've talked about you know, zero tolerance policies, 
how we criminalize being brown, the misrepresentation of minority groups in curriculum, you know, not having enough diverse literature, and the list just keeps going on and on and on. So, the million dollar question uh, that I'm sure everybody's wanting to know, how can schooling transform the existing order? How can we break down those barriers, those biases in the classroom? I think that the main way to break down these barriers and transform the existing order in classrooms is by teachers and the school administration and everyone involved in the education process taking an equitable stance instead of teaching equally. And to me, like I didn't know what equity even meant until I read the article, Equity is Empathy in Action, where they really talk about that equity doesn't mean you're going to treat every student exactly the same. And sometimes you're going to go out of your way, dig deeper, and give unequal levels of support to the students that need it in order for all of them to succeed. And some examples of this is providing students with bilingual parents or parents that speak predominantly one language um, with information about their education and the school in the their native language. and. There's a lot of different examples of equity in classrooms and the way that teachers can be equitable instead of treating all their students equally. To go off of what you said from the article, A Culturally Responsive Teacher, um, one of the main pedagogies of that is uh, to learn more about your students. And like what you said is not every student is the same. And I think learning about each, each of your students' lives and kind of learning about you know their their culture, their like life at home, and I think that helps a lot with being equitable with your students instead of being treating them equally. I agree, and it also makes for a more personable learning experience too, rather than just having a teacher teach, so to speak. You know, if you have a teacher that cares about the students individually and as a person, it helps the it not only helps the students learn better, but I think it, the teachers can also learn from the students, um, so that they're not stuck in their own ways moving forward in their careers, where they can uh, alternate their teaching plans and alternate the way that they think about the subjects that they're teaching. I think that's also important in evolving the in, or transforming the order. Some students have to help raise their siblings, their younger siblings. Some students have to work to help pay for the electric or water bill or other utilities. There's just a lot of things There's that go on at home that the, you don't know. Exactly, right. as educators, we don't know what's going on. So, you know, if we have these students that have to, you know, help raise their, their younger siblings that have to work, you know, they're very limited with their time as it is. And so we can't expect them to be successful if we keep, you know, assigning like Busy work. Busy work, exactly. Like multiple, you know, assignments a day or, or stuff like that. It's like we can't expect them to be successful. So I think the only way we can be equitable is by learning about our students, their circumstances, and only then can we be able to build those meaningful connections with them. I agree. Personally, I mean, speaking from personal experience, the best teachers that I had would always allow an open door policy where you could just roll on in and talk about what you were struggling with and what you needed help with and even the teachers that understood what was happening in your personal life I think that really helps me as an individual I know that would help a lot more students as well. Introducing diverse literature I think is another great example of how 
we can transform the existing order. Having minority groups represented and being able to break down those stereotypes. Picture Us in the Light was a great book based around this Asian American student that was getting ready to go to art school. It definitely broke down those different barriers of, you know, the student's Asian, so as a society, we expect them to be good at math and to become an engineer or a doctor or, you know, something, a scientist, something along those lines. And so being able to, to see that the way the book was able to break down those barriers, those stereotypes was very powerful. I mean, I, I, I'm not Asian by any means, but as a minority, you know, having those stereotypes, you know, put upon you and, and sort of like these, these tracks, like you can only do this, this or this because of you know, your skin color or where you come from or the way you speak or, you know, seeing how Harry, the, the main character, was able to break down, you know, those barriers and, and go to art school, I think was pretty inspiring and, and motivational for me. And so I'm sure it's probably motivational for other students who are probably in the exact same boat. I think also by implementing diverse literature, it starts up conversations that aren't had. Um, it starts up that conversation, like the hard conversations that a lot of teachers don't want to have. And I think having diverse literature isn't, it's very important for the minorities being represented in these diverse literatures. Um, for example, like the book you were talking about, Kevin, Picture Us in the Light, Asian American students can identify with the person in, your, in that book and they have someone to identify with. But not just minorities it's not just important for minorities to read diverse literature. It's important for people who don't identify with a minority group to also read these diverse literatures so that they can make connections and also they understand. We'll be back right after this break. As the semester winds down, it's always important that you get a little boost in energy. That's why I go to Morgan's Grind to get my coffee. So, the last one, what is our role as a future teacher in fulfilling this purpose? And I think that the role as a future teacher for, for me is to help change the dialogue and create a positive space and environment so that more kids feel comfortable regardless of their race, sexual orientation, and gender. I think that going to school should be a positive experience because that's where kids spend the most time out of their day. Um, I definitely agree with you, Kate. I think the biggest thing for me that I want to be as a future educator is supportive. That's the one word I want to focus on. It's just being supportive regardless of like what you said, regardless of gender, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of race. I think, like personally for me, looking back at my edu like my earlier education years, all the teachers I bonded with were ones that were super supportive and asked me, you know, how is your day? Can I do anything for you? It's just having that supportive role in your life is so important. And I think, like what you said, school should be a safe, happy place. It's where kids go to learn, but farther past learning they go to like for the social aspects mm -hmm. of what we talked about before too so yeah I think being supportive is important yeah I really like what you said about being supportive and that's kind of the look or how I was looking at it as well and for me I was thinking of being accepting of all students which piggybacks right off of being supportive supportive of all of your students and for me 
I think that getting to know your students and what is going on inside or going on in their lives at home and letting them know that you care about them not just as your student or as their test scores their SAT scores or anything like that but so much more than that and letting them know you care about them as a person and that you want them to succeed and you want to be that support system for them and that you want to be an aid in their success. Right. I think on top of that too is just being, I think for me personally what I would want to be is just being that person where they can feel comfortable coming and talking to me that they don't want to talk to their parents about or whoever is in in charge of their life. I mean. I think to I think what you guys are trying to get at is that you guys want to be an ally. Right. For yes. your students, yeah, you know, yeah. regardless of what you know, regardless of their sexual orientation or their race or their socioeconomic status, you want to be an ally. You want to be somebody that a student feels comfortable, you know, being able to, you know, come to you in, in their time of need, um, being able to establish a connection with you. And I think it's very important that as an educator, we're, you know, able to establish that connection um, with students. And I think um, for me on top of being an ally, uh, is being able to elevate, you know, different voices that have long been, you know, silenced. Yes. And I think there's a lot of ways we can do that by incorporating, you know, diverse literature, by, you know, implementing dialogue. I think that's probably the biggest one, having dialogues in our classrooms about these issues, about these topics, because I think only then through dialogue we'll be able to create that change that we that our education system so desperately needs. This has been Schooling in the United States. I'm Kevin Payan. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Deuces.